Hi friends, welcome to the Artist's Blend. Today we're talking about Kelsey Fulton. So grab your mug. And let's get talking. <laughs> yes, I love the excitement. I'm, I'm <laughs> just proud of myself for like not messing up my one line. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. We don't even need a second read. We'll call, we'll call you. It'd be fine. So, great. <laughs> we'll call you. Great, great. Now I'm waiting for my applause. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we are so excited that you're here, Kelsey. Um, we're just glad to have you. Before we talk about um, coffee, I do want to give our listeners a taste of who you are. So I'm going to read a quick little bio uh, that you use that is amazing. So Kelsey Fulton is a national-based music director, pianist, and vocal coach who is praised by Broadway critic Joshua Rosenblum as a wonderfully gifted musician and by Grammy-winning artist Sandy Patty as an outstanding musician and exceptional pianist. In addition to serving as accompanist coordinator at Lipscomb University, Kelsey has been recently been seen in the orchestra pit for the Nashville tours of Wicked and Mean Girls, as well as music directing for the Netflix stream of Blippi the Musical. You can find more about Kelsey on social media at Kelsey Fulton and at KelseyFulton.com, which we will put in the show notes, of course, so you can go follow her (laughs) on all the things. But we're just so glad you're here, Kelsey. Yes. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So first things first, we need to know what you're drinking, Kelsey. Okay. Well, I am a lightweight and um, caffeine and I don't get along later in the day and it's currently evening time. So I actually, okay, this is a silly story. I'm I am drinking uh, Mint Majesty's tea from Starbucks mm. because I'm in Atlanta at the moment okay. mm-hmm. and I intended to bring some tea with me for this very purpose and I forgot. Oh no. And so about an hour ago, I was like, okay, where can I buy tea? And I went to this little convenience store and they didn't have any and there was a Starbucks. So I walked up to the counter and I said, can I order a tea but you just don't make it? <laughs> <laughs> I took the tea bag home with me. Oh my gosh! Incredible! And I love that. That's hilarious. The Mint Majesty tea. <laughs> I love that. I've always wanted to try the Mint Majesty. I have not. Oh, it's it's a solid like herbal peppermint tea. Lovely. Well, cool. Today's um, coffee we have from Gallatin, Tennessee. Uh, it's a little coffee shop called Roast and Brews that um, my wife Elizabeth found, and it's roasted sourced and grown by the same family they they go to uh Weiwei Tenango in Guatemala they um select the beans they they grow it there themselves and then they come back <laughs> to Gallatin every year and have the beans with them and roast it fresh through the year um they've been doing this for a long time and they're really passionate about it and they have a really cool story so I'm going to put their their website nice. in the show notes as well so you should go check them out um but this is their um their single origin Guatemalan family micro lot, which yeah. we'll talk about at the end, but that's a little taste of it. So, Kelsey, we are here today to talk about you. We just want to know um, some burning yes. questions we have and um, the exciting life of of a musician of your caliber that has done as many cool things as you have and and is really, I honestly, living the dream of of a lot of young artists out there. I'm sure. Um, so. We like to start off these interviews with a fun note. Um, so most of us creatives have some moment in time that we think back to as our spark or the catalyst that led us to choose the path of an artist. Do you have any like specific moment or memory or sort of the thing that puts you on the trajectory to be an artist? Um, 
Yeah. So when I was growing up, I had a mentor who um, made a living as a gospel singer. And she always said that doing music uh, as her job made it less fun. So I always said, you know, I'll do music for fun. I'm never going to do it as my job. Uh, and my senior year of high school, um, I had just kind of an aha moment of like, no, this is music is really what I need to do. And basically it was like my highest priority in life in general is to be able to collaborate with other people and invest in other people's Mm -hmm. lives. And I, I think I found music to be self-serving or something maybe, um, growing up. And I had this like click moment where... I realized, no, music can also be a tool to invest in other people. And it doesn't matter what that tool is that we use. As long as we're able to invest in other people, that's really the bottom line. So I think it was, yeah, there there wasn't necessarily any trigger to get me to that point. But there was like a moment in time where my brain shifted of like, wait, I can invest in people in this way. That's awesome. Yeah. Like that journey of a a shift in mindset. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's a really unique one. I hadn't heard that word before. No. Um, and here's another thing that we normally ask guests that we might have to kind of shift a little bit. So normally we say, what does an average day in the life look like for you in your field of work? But <laughs> as, a, as a music director, a pianist, and vocal coach who works all over the country, like right now you're in Atlanta, on doing different projects here and there, there's obviously a lot of variety in the work that you do. So maybe a better question would be something along the lines of, what are uh, some examples of what your days have looked like? Yeah, well, today, <laughs> let's see, I got up and had a Zoom meeting, and then I went to an aquarium and then played some Mario Kart. Now I'm chatting with you. <laughs> Amazing. And the perfect day. I'm going to transcribe a song for a new musical after this uh, and probably do some practicing. Oh, my gosh. So, like, uh, just, just that's today's little snapshot. Um, yeah. Uh, Mario Kart really was the most important part. Uh, that's how I keep my yeah. creative juices Wait, flowing. What, what, uh, what track did you play? Oh, well, we played two, like four sets of them. Um, okay. so I'm, I'm visiting my, my partner on tour right now and he travels a Wii with him and to every Perfect. city. And so that's kind of our default yeah. thing that we do. So we, yeah. let's see, I'm trying to remember what tracks we did. Definitely not Rainbow yeah. Road. I know that for sure. Oh, I hate Rainbow Road. <laughs> it gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> it's so hard for no reason. Yes. Yes. But there's this like Mineshaft one too that's really mm. hard. I can't oh, remember um, uh, what it's called. Uh, Wario's I think so. Mineshaft yeah. Yes, question mark? I think. I think, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we did not <laughs> okay. do those. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was today. Um, an average day, I mean, generally I have a lot of balls in the air. I often will be, I mean, today, for example, after I'm done talking with you, I'm transcribing a song for the upcoming Theater Bug show, mm. which I love the Theater Bugs so much. Mm. Um, and then I'm also practicing a Jason Robert Brown show that I'll be doing in Pennsylvania uh, starting in a couple of weeks. And so, like, even today, which was kind of a day off-ish, um, like, I'm still working on two different projects. So mm-hmm. I think the through line um in my life as far as trying to pinpoint an average day would just be <laughs> lots of things yes. <laughs> like lots yeah. of very you have, things you have to pack every single hat <laughs> yeah. with you yeah. at all times no matter what yes a fedora and a beret and yes. a party hat <laughs> <laughs> so uh this this idea of um 
the crazy gig life doing different projects at the same time balls in the air um is that is that the idea of the life of a musician that when you started your journey as an artist you visualize or is it very very different or in what ways is it different or the same as what you expected Mm. okay so i grew up in a family where both of my parents i think a lot of people in our generation were this way both of my parents went to college for something specific got a job in that field and worked in that job and had like a job and and so since that was all i knew i assumed that's how music would be too um, so yeah, no, this was not uh, what I thought life would look like. Um, but I also my overachiever self really loves it, um, and also my people pleaser self loves it because I can meet the needs of a lot of people, the musical yeah. needs of people. Is that even a yes. thing? Yeah. Um, uh, on any given day, so it is definitely different than than what I anticipated. Um. But yeah, it's it's exciting and fun. And like you said, like, Easton, like no two days are the same. And I think I'd get bored of it. That makes sense. Yeah. I love the the, the silly phrase, but a, a phrase that rings true, I think, talking about meeting the musical needs of who you're working with, whether it's it's whether you're accompanying somebody or you're music directing or you're arranging or, or whatever it is, what are... I guess in a, in a more tangible sense to someone who is maybe like considering going into this field who wants to know like, okay, I know that you do this and this and this, but like, what do you do? Uh, if you were to break up the different jobs and, and party hat and beret and whatever other hats you have, what are some of the, the ins and outs of the actual job that you do of meeting the musical needs of your clients? Sure, sure. Um, gosh, I feel like the list is so long. Um, yeah. And I think that's the key with freelancing yeah. is being able to diversify. Um, uh. Yeah, something that I've been doing a lot more of recently is transcribing and doing what they call copy work, um, which is essentially like making sheet music and making it look pretty. Um, yeah. So I, I've started doing a lot more of that. Playing piano is definitely a big component of my life. Um, and so as far as meeting meeting the musical needs through playing... Um, Like as an accompanist, what that looks like is meeting the singer or instrumentalist, I guess, as the case may be, um, where they are and making sure that the story that I'm telling is the same story they're telling. Mm. Mm. Um, So one of the things I really enjoy being able to do when I'm accompanying a singer um, is just to be able to talk with them about like, okay, who who is this person who's singing, particularly within the context of musical theater? Like, who's this character? Mm. What's going on in their life? Like, and, and just kind of understanding their acting choices and the way that they understand the circumstance so that I'm able to further that story with what I'm playing. Um, so that's a big thing for me. Um, yeah. Let's see, what other party hats do I wear? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Some days I feel like I should just put on a ski mask and it's like, <laughs> hide from the world. <laughs> that's the Mario Kart day. That's yeah, the that's Mario Kart that, That's what the ski mask, ski mask. Is <laughs> That's what I'm doing, Rainbow Road. There you go. <laughs> I got to be anonymous because who knows what might come out of my mouth. Yeah, what else do I do? Um, I guess if I'm playing in a pit, that's a whole different thing. Like it's yep. making sure I'm locking in with the drums or making sure that my, this is like getting really nerdy and technical, but like making sure that my levels are correct. So like when I'm playing in a pit, my left foot always sits on a volume pedal. Um, and so I, I watch a monitor of like what my output levels are. And so making sure that 
my output levels stay consistent show to show. So the sound, like whoever's mixing the show knows what to expect and I don't make their jump harder. Or yeah. um, I don't know, just things like that in that context, yeah. I think is the hat that I wear. Um, and then, you know, conducting is a whole whole different kettle of fish. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Or can of worms. I, kettle of fish I think is the Canadian <laughs> version. Your box of hats. My box yeah. of hats. Box of hats. <laughs> yeah. There There's it is. There. <laughs> yeah, conducting is a whole different thing. And that's mm. um, making sure that I'm serving the entire show. And mm. also being sensitive to what each player needs in that moment and what each person on stage needs as well. Mm. Um and or if something has gone horribly wonky on stage, like figuring out on the fly, like, okay, what four bars can we vamp until they clean up the broken glass that's all over stage or, you know, whatever, uh, which <laughs> is not a hypothetical example. No. Yeah. Um, that's something that was real life one time. Ta-da. Um, oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, like those are the hats that I can think of offhand that I wear mm. um, yeah. and how how I dive into each of those hats. <laughs> and honestly, hearing you list out all of these things, I am just now realizing that, okay, so we, we've known each other for, what, almost 10 years now? Probably, yeah. Maybe like eight eight or nine at least. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm realizing how many different ways in which we've worked together. I think I, I, I normally, in most of what we've done together has been um, in a, a singer-accompanist relationship, uh-huh. but I mean, you've music directed, shows I've been in you've um conducted some sessions that I sang in and like different so many different hats and I just so appreciate who you are as an artist and I'm I'm sort of seeing as you're talking through all of that that the through line of your artistry is is strong in everything that you do oh, and I think that's, that's <laughs> really though like I I hearing you talk about your philosophy and like what you love to do and, and like um the the two phrases you said at the beginning um collaborating and um providing uh what was it i don't know what it was i'll go back and listen to the episode but it was it it really goes to show the the kind of artist that you are and you're really good at wearing hats yeah all different kinds it's See, true the irony is that in real life i don't think i even own a hat that's okay <laughs> that's okay oh, i don't wait, think no, i've seen you like that's a big oh, fat oh, like oh, okay. i own two hats and i bought them both during the pandemic one was because we went to a golf tournament and Ooh. I didn't want my face to get sunburned. And the other was because we went to a baseball game and I didn't want my face to there get you sunburned. Go. Perfect. But I had to have different hats to be stylistically oh. appropriate for each event. Yes. yes, of course. You can't wear the no. same hat from a golf tournament right. to a baseball no. game. Exactly. Are you kidding me? What exactly. sort of heathen are you? Different like, sports. Exactly. And I've worn each of those two hats exactly once. And that's <laughs> the only time in my life that I've worn literal hats. Do you love enjoying a nice, warm mug of your favorite tea or coffee? Then you're going to love Carver Trading Company. Located in Orlando, Florida, they are proud to be veteran-owned family business that selects the finest green coffee directly from several growing regions around the world for a fresh farm-to-cup experience. They source coffee in a socially responsible and environmentally sustainable way that benefits the areas where the coffee is grown. From light roast to dark, including blends like Colombian, Donut Store, and a Costa Rica selection, they also provide decaf and a wide variety of tea blends that pair perfectly with any rainy day or cozy evening with a good book. They also have gift cards available, making the perfect gift for that coffee or tea lover in your life who is, let's say, particular with their drink preferences. Not only are their products delicious, but they are wonderful people too. Definitely fit the good beans category in our books. So check out the link in our show notes for a 10% off discount today. 
So zooming out a little bit into your career as a whole, yeah. um, I would love to know what some of like maybe like one or two of the most defining moments that you feel like have really shaped who you are as an artist. Mm. I know that's a big question, so it takes time to think about it if you need to. <laughs> if you were to look back on your body of work and the experiences that you've had and um, moments that have developed your artistry, or maybe it's a moment of like, wow, this is really cool. I'm actually doing this in real life. I think I... That was, yeah, that, that was where my brain went yeah. first. Um... This is the worst show I've seen. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good seller of all Well, thank you. <laughs> You're hired. Yeah, I think my, I don't know, the second, the second kind of thing that you said was the, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this. Um, my first, like, big gig um, was I got to play, I was subbing on the Key One book for um, the Grinch musical at the Opry. Fun. Yeah. And Easton, actually, I think you came and saw it and I like brought you backstage yeah, as I, I remember recall. Seeing it. Yeah. 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 That was a blast. I'd forgotten about that. Was that was such a fun yeah, show. I forgot about that till this moment. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I played Q1 for that and they had the band on stage for it because yeah. um, there's not an orchestra pit at the Opry. And, but we were behind like a curtain or a scrim or a something. Huh. But there was one scene where they, like revealed the band to the audience every night in the show and <laughs> um so i every night that i was playing i would like look out at the house during that moment and just kind of take it in um, yeah and that was i don't know it was really special to be looking at the opry from the stage and be playing and be like oh my gosh i'm actually doing the thing you know yeah <laughs> so that was really really special Another moment yeah. like that was the first time I played Wicked. I yeah. um, during Defying Gravity, I don't tell anyone this. She says as she's being recorded, um, but <laughs> don't tell anyone. But I I decided I was going to sacrifice a few bars of my playing so I could take in the moment and watch the stage during Gravity, like from the orchestra oh, pit. <laughs> that's fine. That's um, fine. That's and I special. just like I soaked it in, and it was a really special moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's moments like those that maybe don't define who I am as an artist, but they yeah. are moments that are special enough that they inspire me to keep going because you, when you look at those moments, you remember like how it feels and why it all feels worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that, that is a, um, a perfect answer to that question. Cause even maybe it doesn't like shape who you are as an artist, but it's like checkpoints of as you're climbing this this never-ending mountain journey, mm -hmm. you're looking back, and those nice little look-back moments are, are really special. I had a professor in my first degree who called those moments fermatas <laughs> because he was such a musician, but he liked to call it that because it's nice to look back, but then you keep going forward. That's the most That's really wonderfully cool. nerdy thing I've right? heard. <laughs> I love that. Um, also, Easton, I really liked what you said about like calling it a mountain journey mm -hmm. because I feel yeah. like as an artist, there are ups and downs, just like mountains, um, in that generally there is a trend of forward motion, but not all of the moments are going to be those fermata moments. True. Mm. Yeah. And I also in this mountain analogy and as a uh, fellow three, I would always envision um, the journey of 
an artist as there is a mountain peak and there is one peak that I am trying to get to and then I will have I will be there and I will have summited when in reality you know it's a it's a never-ending mountain it's it's a Mario Kart track that is constantly <laughs> generating new road space you know That's like it terrifying it and ends. inspiring at the same time <laughs> it's a never-ending rainbow road <laughs> oh no we don't fall but no like I I think there's this this um this concept in, in artistry of like there's people who have made it to the peak and people who haven't yet. Mm-hmm. And we all feel like none of us have ever made it to a single peak. When in reality, we're we're hitting those peaks, those fermatas as we go along our journey that never ends. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And also, do you know what looks like mountains? Party hats? Yes. Boom. <laughs> nice. Boom. Nice. We came it's back. Just <laughs> tie it back to hats. So um, talking about the industry as a whole... Um, Obviously, we're living in a time of change right now yeah. in many forms of artistry with um, the ever-evolving state of technology and automation and <laughs> all those things. And um, But not even just in regards to automation, but just generally, we, we have some really important social political movements going on. We have some um, important things happening in, in artists' unions, um, lots of adjustments in the digital age. There's media trends. There's so much happening right now. And I would love to know if um, if you feel like there are any specific aspects of the indri- industries that you work in with your music, whether it's musical theater or um, or copying or um, session work or whatever, but um, just aspects of the industries that you work in that you feel like are changing uh, along with the changing times. Um this is interesting that you ask this. I was just talking last night with my partner. Um, about non-gender dressing rooms. Hey. So hey. we were literally just talking about this. And um, yeah. they have a new company member on his his tour who's non-binary. And I think it's the first non-binary company member that they've had. And oh, wow. so this person, um, like, what dressing room do they go in? And hey. the uh, Mean Girls tour that I just closed a couple months ago um, had non non-gender dressing rooms it was the fetch dressing room and the gruel dressing room that's how they nice. labeled oh, them that's cool. yeah, so you're fetching <laughs> gruel rather than male and female or men's and women's yeah. or whatever um sure or like um there was a theater i worked at last christmas that had colors it was I don't know, orange and green maybe i can't remember sure. what the colors were i was in the orange dressing room so i know for sure one of them was orange um but <laughs> yeah. um so that's definitely something that i've seen has changed um like a, just a really specific example. I'm trying to see mm-hmm. if there are yeah. like broader brush strokes um, of how things have changed. I'm sure there are, but I just don't know what they are in this moment. No, that's great. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> All, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> and on a similar note of of like the the um, social movements in um, specifically in relation to gender in the arts, um, I don't know if you had a chance if for people who were listening to this if you had not listened to episode uh the let's see here yeah episode 15 uh we had Deontay Warren uh that came on the show and talked about um gender and vocal performance and um there's some really interesting discussions that, that um that they brought to us uh that we had a chance to talk about with with them so go give that a listen yeah. if you haven't yet especially if you're um a vocal performance person or if that's uh, your formal artistry, yeah. but there's some really cool things happening in, in that world right now. 
There's a really good resource that I can't remember the name of. Hey. For that. That's hey. the whole One thought. voice? No, it, there's a... Um, oh, okay. Um, for non, non-binary non voices. Well, that's cool. Remember. Really? I went to a workshop about um, coaching for non-binary uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, no. Anyway. Just a little side note. If I could remember yeah. it, that might be fun to include, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well, if if we think of it, we will put it in the show notes yeah. and yeah, we'll we'll put it up there. So to start closing out, I've just got a couple more questions for you. But um, if you were to think back to your younger self uh, before she started this, this journey, um, or maybe think of someone who is maybe starting out on their journey in a similar way that you did, uh, what are some words of wisdom that you would give to them, uh, this person that wants to break into the industry and do what you're doing now? What would you tell them? Be a good person. Yeah. Mm. That's the main thing. People want to work with good people. They want to work with yeah. people who make them feel good about themselves and who lift them up. Um, yeah. And yeah, when I've been maybe not my best self on a gig is when I don't get asked back or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, um, so people, it's all about how you interact with other people and how you love the people around you. Hmm. Yeah. That's something you do really well. Yep. Shucks. Thanks. Yeah. For real. I've never seen a bad day, but I know they exist. They oh, exist they for exist. everybody. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so just to wrap up, um, we, this is always how we, we end our guest episodes. Um, for a lot of artists, like we talk about, talk about towards the beginning, um of this conversation um talking about like monetizing your passion and and what that does to the art itself and and that sort of thing but um for a lot of artists we found ways to monetize our passions and become our career and when your primary source of income is your passion it can get draining um sometimes sometimes you just have those days where you're like i just don't want to do the thing anymore um and so we like to ask people who come on the show what some of your unmonetized life-giving hobbies are or in other words, like what's what's a way in which you fill your artistic well or your your soul that that doesn't involve your work as a musician? For me, uh, one of the most inspiring things is travel, yeah. um, and yeah. just exploring other people groups and other ways of doing life. And um, yeah, I I think just finding finding myself in other cultures, whether it's other American subcultures or whatever, I think is really life-giving for me. Um, honestly, like I mentioned the theater bug earlier. Honestly, that's one of the things that like, I don't do that for the money. Like they yeah. tell really mm. important stories and they love the mm. actors well. It's for anyone listening who doesn't know about the theater bug, it's a uh, children's theater that does all original works that tackle social issues. Yeah. And um, the stories that are told and the way they're told in love, I think, is a really important thing. So that's that's like the artistic yeah. thing that I do that kind of fills my bucket. Um, yeah. But yeah, the other one is just letting myself be immersed in other cultures to learn. Nice. Yeah. I love it. I love that. That's really, really cool. And I'm sure, like, do you, do you feel like um, as you're hopping around sometimes with, with touring companies or, or whatever that you're able to indulge in that sort of thing as you travel for work? Oh, or is totally, it sort of a separate thing for totally, you? Totally, yeah. I generally like my my mo when i'm going to a, a new to me city 
is I'll go to, you know, whatever bar or restaurant or coffee shop or whatever is nearby. And I ask whoever's working, like, hey, what makes this city this city? Like, what do I need to experience while I'm here? And I've been guided towards some really interesting things. I a few weeks ago I was in Houston and we went to the Human Body Museum or the oh. something like that. So it's called huh. something like the Human Body yeah. Museum. Yeah. Um and um or and we also went to NASA and yeah. um like oh, as Houston. one does. And yes. as one does. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um but like when we were in Boise, Idaho, I asked that question and the gal said, Well, Within the span of an afternoon, you can experience three different biomes, essentially. I shouldn't use the oh, word wow. biomes. That was my yeah. own nerdy self. But so we, went to a, <laughs> we went to a canyon. I'm sure your third grade science yes. teacher is really proud. Well, the, real, the real thing is I do way too many crossword puzzles. Um, That's okay. So biome is a word that, because it had lots of vowels, it's in lots of crossword puzzles. Um, mm. <laughs> but, That's amazing. Um, so yeah, we went to like, a canyon and then a pine forest and then soaked in a hot spring all in an afternoon. And that's wow. according to this person, that's what makes Boise Boise. And you know, mm. like wow. I just I love I I love whatever the culture is and getting to lean into it. Yeah. I might borrow that anytime I go somewhere asking someone local like what makes this place this place. Cause you you, you can look up online, you can look up places it's like top twenty things to do in this city. But really, the people who are there are the ones who know, not someone yeah. who visited yeah. and wrote an article. Right. Well, and I think about like when I read what those lists are in Nashville, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, oh no, gosh. I don't go there because it's touristy. Which yeah. Sounds no. really snobby, I guess. But no, no, no. But like, no, but it's true. It's I don't have cowboy true. boots like, in a hat. There. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't remember the last time I stepped foot on Broadway in Nashville. No. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And I avoided it at all yes. costs. <laughs> Amen and hallelujah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's about it. That's all I got. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and, and chatting. Oh, before we go, we need to talk about um, coffee and, and tea yes. and what you liked. Um, so the coffee, uh, Austin, what tasting notes did you get? I have the bag here and I'm not going to tell you. You have to How guess first. How rude. Um, <laughs> well, it's cold. Let me drink it. Hold on. For those of you who have listened you know that we can get better notes when it's cold. Yeah. We're, we're trying to learn more about coffee as the show goes on because we're not aficionados, but we are on we are on our own mountain journey to becoming aficionados. <laughs> I get a little bit of floral of some kind. There's probably nothing in there. Um, okay. I almost say a hazelnut or like a, a okay. heavy nut of some kind. That's all I'm getting right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. You got two of the three. Hey. <laughs> Um, one was, was toasted nuts. Nice. So yeah, I got some, a little hazelnut. Yep. I got like a little pecan too. Um, herbal flavors was in there. So there's your floral. Perfect. It also had chocolate, ah, which I got a little see, bit of chocolate but too. But as we know, I have trouble picking out the yeah, chocolate. Yeah, you, you don't taste the chocolate as yeah. much as I do, which is interesting. Yeah. When we have flavors that have chocolate tasting notes, he, he doesn't get them, which em, is so. it's funny. Who knows? And I don't get the, um, you get more of the nut than mm-hmm. I do. But anyway. Cool. Cool. Anyway, how was your, how was your, your mint, uh, tea? You know what? It's a tea I've had a million times before. So it was exactly what I hoped it would be. And yeah, I, perfect. It, it met my expectations. It was delicious. It was mint to tea. So it was mint to tea. Or mint TB. Mint TB. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other thing we didn't get to just talk about is puns. Yes. You love puns. Do you have a favorite pun right now or something that you, you heard the other day? Okay, this one's actually topical. 
Okay, yeah. so okay, it's great. really more my favorite joke, but it's a yes. funny joke. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, what is Mario's favorite kind of pants to wear? I think I know the answer. Easton, do you I know? don't know. What? Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I don't think we could have ended yep. the episode with anything better. Yep. That that is full circle, ladies and gentlemen. That's the perfect way to do it. Well, Kelsey, do you wanna do you wanna send us off? Heck yeah. Do you have any uh websites you wanna plug or anything, Kelsey? Any projects or things you wanna plug other than your uh, socials? I've got two contracts coming up that I am not allowed to talk about, so no. Huzzah. <laughs> well perfect. <laughs> then send us away. All right. I wrote my line down. Okay, here we go. Be good beans and drink good beans. Yay! Have a great day. Bye, everybody. The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's Infamous Adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.